0: It is tax season. We do we jump straight from April Fools into you know, but seriously, you
1: do owe six thousand dollars. You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode five, recorded Saturday, April 9th, 2016. Today we talk about composer going gold, US taxes, and what it's like to be a ten ninety-nine contractor, code base rewrites using Lumen to build an IVR, and Spark News. Let's get started. Hey, Thomas.
0: Hello, Eric. How's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm uh, sitting here drinking Lagunitas again, as usual.
1: Back to the Lagunitas. Oh, yes. You are a Lagunitas fool. I, I got myself Guinness today. I, I, uh, I'm running low on scotch. I need to go get me some more scotch, so I, I just reached for the Guinness.
0: Guinness Guinness is good when you have the time for a Guinness, but it's that the whole pour process is a little too consuming for me.
1: It makes you appreciate it.
0: I already appreciate beer. <laughs> it's my wife who needs to learn to appreciate it. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Oh, by the way, we're, we're here at PHP. Ugly. This is the PHP. Ugly podcast.:
1: Yeah, well, we did a whole we, we do a whole lead-in, so I think people who subscribe know that. Oh, that'd be good.
0: Do we have subscribers? Do we have listeners?
1: I got to be honest. I created a fake account for my dog and made him a subscriber, so yes, we have one.
0: Oh weird. That's weird cuz he listens to us while we record it and then listens to it again.
1: That he's a true fan. So I, I had a fun week. Uh did some coding. Coded up a, a small little IVR for company. Uh IVR, I think that stands for what is it? Interactive voice response. It's the when you call a phone number and it says press 1 to listen to me speak, press 2 to dial extension. Gotcha. Gotcha. You sound just like her. Uh, I've been I've been listening to her a lot lately. I got to work with the Twilio APIs, which is... Everybody who does development always raves about the Twilio APIs.
0: Yeah, I've used it before. It's really nice.
1: Yeah, I wasn't so blown away, but it works so well. Um, I mean, for what I was doing, it, it I was more on the receiving end. So the, the Twilio system would call into my API and get the, get the response. It works just so... I mean, it, it was... So incredibly easy. So much easier than I I'd anticipated it being. Yeah, it's,
0: it's nice to have APIs that just work. I was recently working with an API that just did not work. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, returned, it returned JSON that just said, this is JSON, and then had a body element that contained a CSV. Wait,
1: wait, wait, with... wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> the, the JSON would return saying, this is JSON?
0: Yeah, it said it said hi, uh, this is your message and then here's the body of your message and then it was a CSV dump of user objects. Oh. <laughs> it, it was as use, as useless as possible.
1: Oh, that. That is I I, I was going to take responsibility. I'm not even going to take responsibility for that one.
0: No, uh, no. no. <laughs> this is a this is a largely used industry API. This has a ton of users and it is just the worst.
1: Wow. That's crazy. So yeah, that was fun. I, I wrote the IVR using Lumen. So that this is this is the second IVR I've written. Uh, I wrote one a couple of weeks ago for a client. Decided we needed one for our company, and went ahead for for the client. I wrote it in uh, Laravel, just because we we had a time restraint and we weren't sure of all the moving pieces yet. So Laravel's always my go-to framework. But for ours, since I knew it was just going to be an API endpoint, there was going to be no bells and whistles to it. It was going to be pretty straightforward. I went Lumen, and man, it's quick.
0: Yeah, it's what I've heard about it. I, I haven't really done much stuff with Lumen yet, but did you have to include a lot of things that were just sort of missing by default?
1: Nope, nothing. And, and that's one of the reasons why I typically shy, shy away from Lumen, because uh, usually by the time I'm done, I've included so many things that I'm basically working in the Laravel framework anyway. Right. But uh, no, I, I included nothing. I, I don't think my Composer file has anything in it but the standard Lumen install.
0: Nice. You know, yeah. now speaking of Composer, Composer went gold this week.
1: You know, it, it is, I read that, and I'll be honest, I was surprised to find out that it had just gone gold. I'm like, how many installs and deployments there are completely dependent on this tool, and you're trying to tell me up until now it was still in beta,
0: yeah, you actually, I think the going gold thing was just a a viral marketing way of pointing clicks towards their eBay auction for a spray painted gold disc
1: so what d what does that mean I mean, so composers go I, as a as a developer and somebody who depends on it. I'm happy to hear it, I guess because I need it to be there, but I mean, what does that really do? What does that, what's that telling me?
0: I, really, not much. Um, I think it's more of a commitment to the people that are using Composer than it is a, a lockdown feature set or anything like that. I think it's just saying, hey, uh, this Composer community is still here. We're still actively developing, and we're going to be here for a long time.
1: Do you think any of that might have been a response to what happened in NPM uh, a couple weeks ago?
0: I think there might have been some relationship. You know, it, it clearly wasn't addressing the NPM issue and, and the fact that that issue can still occur in a Composer environment. Um, but, you know, there's there's got to be some relationship going on. I'm sure they've been talking about going gold with Composer for a while before that happened. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's possible. I'd, that'd be a good question to ask the uh, developer, Jordi Baggiano.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. I, I met him at... Uh... PHP Tech last year, and uh, he's a funny guy. Um, the work he's doing is just fantastic. Uh, obviously, everybody depends on Composer now. Hope that doesn't go away anytime soon.
0: So what was this trip for? Trip? Yeah, where you met Jordi? PHP Tech. PHP Tech. Now, yeah. did you... This is one of the things. I, I went to uh, Laracon last year, and that was sort of paid for by my company that I work for now but <clears throat> you're now working as a full-time uh independent contractor. Sure. So so you're not going to have a company that's backing those kinds of trips anymore. Uh how do you think you're going to make up for that? Business expense it or
1: Business expense. Yeah, so we're we're here in the US it's April 9th and it's tax season.
0: It is tax season. We do we jump straight from April Fools into You know, but seriously, you do owe (laughs) $6,000.
1: Yeah, so I'm more than an independent contractor, right? I'm running a small little development group, which I love. Uh, It's just been fantastic. But one of the pain points of that is business taxes. You have to – so I have have to pay my personal taxes as a 1099 as a contractor, essentially, where – I pay taxes throughout the year, but I have to calculate the taxes myself. Um, and then everything, the company, the LLC that that I I have with uh, my partner, everything we make, we have to also pay taxes on. Um, now there is there are things like business expenses, like you said. Uh, why you know one of the things we'll write off at our our conferences. But yeah, it's, you kind of get hit. You feel like you, you're you're getting hit from all sides with taxes in the U.S. Uh, around April. It's like all of a sudden, you know, despite that you've been paying taxes throughout the year, uh, they want more taxes. And oh yeah, by the way, your company, yeah, U.S. taxes there, and, and right. it's just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy.
0: Did you Did you make money this year? Oh, that's a shame. That's a damn shame. <laughs> not as
1: Not as much as you thought you made. Now, did ya? <laughs> Because we're gonna yoink, we're gonna take this this percentage out here.
0: So. so, so you're handling all your own taxes for this business, then you're not using a specialist or anything like that.
1: Well, we have an accountant. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, what he does is is he helps us do the projections based on our contracts, or you know how much we have going out. He helps us project how much we will have to pay in taxes, and then, like I said, as a 1099 um, contractor, which even though it's my company. I you know don't take a salary. I I do a disbursement because of it's an LLC and the way the way it's uh, arranged with my partner. So I'm still essentially a 1099 contractor with my own company, where I have to project how much I'm going to take out of the company and how much of that I'm going to pay taxes on myself. Um, and what you have to do is you've got to project that through the year. So Throughout the year, every quarter you have you have to pay the taxes. And when you're an employee of a company, this is transparent. Like you don't even realize that you're you know they take taxes out of each paycheck for you. So it's just sure. you don't even think about it. And what a lot of people don't realize, at least here in the U.S., I don't know if this holds true globally, but here in the U.S., even though you're paying taxes, your company actually also pays taxes for you because of you as well. So right. Of- and
0: I, I remember hearing at some point that uh, expenses on an employee are 30% or so overhead of the uh amount they're being paid.
1: And that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, we've looked at so with our LLC, we've looked at uh having employees as versus contractors. And we're we're in a we're in a little bit of a different business where being a contractor is actually a fairly common occurrence and uh, the people who work in this industry as uh, developers, they're pretty comfortable with that lifestyle and, and being being a contractor and understanding how taxes work and actually prefer it. Uh, they, they like the freedom, they think they have some or, you know, they feel they have more uh, flexibility, which works for us, but every now and then we'll explore what it would take to make a contractor an employee. And yeah, about thirty percent is correct because yeah, that that's essentially what we'd have to cut off their salary to cover the overhead because there's taxes, and you have to be able to offer things like health insurance and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the things I keep hearing from contract workers that I meet is, you know, say, well, hey, we should have we should have a union. There should be a tech workers union. And then you know, well, I I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to put in the work that that would be, but uh, there's there's a legitimate you know number of people out there that want to see unionized contract workers in coding and tech.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work.
0: No one, no one is. That's the uh, that's the hard part of the equation to figure out. Is we sh- we should do this? Uh, what is it? I don't know. I guess <laughs> well, not. I'll have a beer. So contract work yeah i mean i I've, I've definitely had a problem in the past with contract work. I recently met with my uh my tax attorney and and her <laughs> the, her the response
1: fact, the, the fact that you even say met with my tax attorney now my accountant my tax attorney probably isn't a good sign
0: <laughs> no well yeah you if you skip tax accountant for long enough, you jump straight to a tax attorney <laughs> yeah she she looked over all my uh filings and said, Wow, you know I think your best option is probably bankruptcy court. <laughs> so, and, and I work as a contractor now, but I know that I'm terrible at it. I, I know that I'm, I'm not good with making sure that the money is put away where it should be and that it gets accounted for the next time I well, why file. Don't you a,
1: why don't you get an accountant, a, te- uh, a tax accountant?
0: My attorney recommended against it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I might start to question your ter- attorney's credentials. She,
0: you, she does not answer questions. She's very, <laughs> very strict. Now, I, I've, I've had offers from some employers to withhold the tax amount for me until an end of year period where they can pay it out. And you know, granted that puts that puts money that I could have in my hands in someone else's hands. But I know me well enough to say that's probably a good thing. Yeah, that's that's probably the better option for me.
1: And quite frankly, that's that's why when you're an employee, that's why they take the taxes out for you there. It's just, it's the same principle. Um, I, I mean, the the argument, especially from people who are very financially savvy, is I would rather have the money because I can do more with it. I can put it into accounts. I can get interest. I can blah, blah, blah. and right. I can earn money on it. You know, they feel like they can take the money, earn money from the money before they have to pay taxes on it. And there are people out there that can do it. I know I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'm I'm, absolutely not one of them. I'm that guy is, yeah, I'm the guy, like, if I ever hit a million dollars in Vegas, I'd just be like, yeah, no, take half of it for taxes right now. We don't even have to talk about it. Just take it and I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, I would just straight up give it to my mom and tell her, to don't let me screw this up. I'm a little too reliant on my mom's financial advice.
1: <laughs> she wouldn't have to be a tax attorney, is she?
0: No, no, but she knows my tax attorney. She It was her recommendation.
1: Hmm.
0: Are we uncovering a conspiracy?
1: Uh, you know. I'm my just, mom I...
0: did retire early.
1: Uh All right. Um, I, I've told you before, I, I listen to other podcasts. You're not my only podcast. And... In you should be going to therapy and getting over that by now. Yeah,
0: no, we have a deal worked out. It's it's uh it works better for you than it works for me, but it's a deal we've come to mutually.
1: <laughs> one of the podcasts I listen to is called Bike Shed. It's one of my Rails podcasts, my Ruby on Rails. Ah, I I I think it's, it leans towards Ruby on Rails, but they're they're really kind of just developers for uh, Thoughtbot and just kind of randomly talk about stuff, much like us.
0: Yeah, sort of how we lead towards content, but then stray away from it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, they had a real interesting conversation on their last podcast about code, code rewrites, code base rewrites, and rather not they're actually realistic. I mean, one of the I, I know in in my business, you know, we get a lot of clients that come to the door with legacy code, and I will say right off the bat. Working in legacy code is a completely different talent from development. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being able to go in and we, we yeah. have a couple of guys who are really good at it. Uh, they can go in. We have a code base. I am not exaggerating. It's probably 10 years old and the client comes back. And when we were kind of in negotiations on taking over the contract, there was a lot of conversation about how bad is this code base and. the it's like from my perspective it's like it's not bad it's old i mean it it show it's definitely showing its years so it would be bad if somebody had developed this for you last month but the fact that it's a 10 year old code base and it works and your business has been running on it for the last 10 years means that yeah you know it's probably pretty good code but it has a lot of really bad practices in it um or practices that have been deemed bad within recent years.
0: Yeah. I think solid design is something that the PHP community has only really recently put a ton of effort into. So legacy code you're going to find isn't very transportable, isn't very flexible. Um, and that's that's where it becomes a maintenance task instead of a development task.
1: Right. And again, these guys uh, who can get into other people's code bases that have, have been, you know, written five, six, 10 years ago and start to make sense of it, man, I tell you what, I'm glad we have the guys we have that work in that legacy code base because they're awesome. And and they, they keep they keep the little gerbils spinning the wheel because uh, without it, the, our client's business would just cripple. But one sure. of the conversations we had when we were going into this is, well, let's rewrite all this. And sure, on the surface... That seems like the best idea. We were even hesitant. We're like, listen, we're not going to actually rewrite it. What we'll do is we'll start another application and we'll slowly start to migrate pieces of it over. But there's always this request from clients of we want to just rewrite the system. And as easy as it is, especially when you're trying to get their business, you want to sit there and say, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Well, just... <laughs> We'll throw it all out the door and just 300, start from three hundred hours,
0: and we'll get. I'll get my best eight guys on this. We'll be working full time for months and months. You know, every every job I've ever worked at had that that one filter for uh, this is going to go. This feature is going to go in the rewrite, in the rewrite, in the rewrite. So you know, we just had a trash can labeled "rewrite," and we would print out tickets and just throw them in the trash can because <laughs> it never happens. You never do the rewrite. Oh, it's like this system's kind of old, but the rewrite's coming in a few months, so we'll just put that ticket into the new system for the complete... Re- it's like, no, I was there for five years. The rewrite never occurred. <laughs> when, I, when I left, the rewrite was in the same status as it was when I joined. Yeah. You know, but I've actually just did a complete system rewrite. I've worked for the first company I've ever worked for where we said, I uh, we we, we want to rewrite this this core system and we want to push it out. And it's a total system rewrite. Um, not going to get into it today, but I, I think uh, next week we might enjoy some some interesting pitfalls of complete system rewrites. Uh,
1: well, that would be a great conversation to have.
0: <clears throat> it would be. I'll put it on the Trello board.
1: There you go. Oh,
0: look, it's already there. Next week. <laughs> We didn't do our news segment at the beginning. Do we have any news to to share with our uh, 36 listeners? What? What? We now have more people listening to our show than I know personally.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, a couple things have happened. I think the, the, the big news topic in the PHP slash Laravel world is the announcement of of the finally the announcement of a release date for spark and some pricing well we've talked about pricing pricing i think was released oh no no no. the official pricing was released the same time he talked about the release date right
0: right and it's actually we're we're actually in alpha now as well so you can go and download the current spark source code And uh, try it out. Install it on your system. Try it out. Give it a good run. It's got a $99 price tag. Now, we're being told that this is an initial price tag, that that it's definitely going to become more expensive. And this is a per-project price tag.
1: Per-release project. release project, yes.
0: Uh, You're going to be free to download the source code, it appears. Uh, You can do all your own testing you want to. Uh, But once you release it... Now, this is an honor system... Payment too. If you release a project on Spark and don't pay for it, then you're just a jerk, uh, which I think is a perfectly fine payment system. I think that's you? you know for an open source, yeah for an open source project like this, that's totally acceptable. Okay. It, it puts it puts the onus on the customer being a a nice person, which maybe isn't you know uh, maybe that's a little too trusting, but, but you know you're either a jerk about who can have it and use it or you're a jerk for using it without paying for it, and I think Taylor's chosen the "I'm going to be a nice guy" route.
1: Do we know what we get for the 99 dollars? Is it just like uh, support, or what, what, I believe what you get you?
0: I believe you get lifetime support for the project. It's a one-time payment, uh, and you get a really nice system. I mean, if you look at the features that are included in Spark, it's a pretty fantastic system. It's got support for all sorts of things. Um, Coupons.
1: I know he tweeted once just the routes file that he created for for Spark. And that was like this massive, he had this massive set of routes just to find, just to cover all the Spark features. It it was crazy.
0: Yeah, I I think if you were to use every feature of the Spark system, you basically have a SaaS complete and ready to go. Mm -hmm. You, you, You wouldn't even have to add anything to it. You could... You could just say, hey, this is a Patreon-type donation system and run it all on your own. It, it, it's really... It's not a framework. It's a system. It's a full, ready-to-go system.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward. I, I will probably purchase the license. I, I don't really have anything to, to use with it right now, but I think it would be fun to play with and see what we can do with it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it gives us an edge as independent developers, too. When someone says, hey, I want to write up the system. Can you guys do this? It's very easy for us to say, oh, yeah, all those features? Sure, we can implement those in a half an hour.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: How about that SpaceX landing? Did you
1: watch that? Dude, how awesome was that? Oh, my God.
0: It almost, Chills.
1: It almost looked fake. I'm, like, watching it, and how how quickly it landed, how quickly it came down and landed. I'm, like... Wait a minute, this isn't real, is it? I thought right. I, I thought maybe it was some like leftover April's full joke. I mean that's just that's just cruel. I would if I wasn't involved with that project, I would be I would have gone out of my mind. Yeah, fresh
0: underwear for sure.
1: Oh man, that that was so cool.
0: And and yeah, on the uh on the video of it landing on the barge, the the drone barge, by the way. Yeah. Which is a technology we just sort of brushed over. By the way, this ship is a drone. <laughs> Uh, uh, in that video, for some reason, the the rocket comes landing vertically, much closer to the camera than I expected. So you're just watching this barge floating out on the ocean, then all of a sudden, looking like a, a, a 1950s sci-fi, this vertical <laughs> rocket come. <laughs> oh, Everyone's so losing their mind. Yeah, and and it zooms in on the boat, and the boat's in rough water, like yeah. choppy water.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was awesome. All right. Now, what does that mean? What what does what does what does that give us? What what does that mean?
0: It, it's a matter of being able to reuse something that we were unable to reuse previously. So, a, a huge amount of expense. I mean, space the 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 limiting factor for us for space at this point is money. Uh, you know, we we could build these amazing things. We could put a space station up in the sky and keep it floating around there for you know 20 years um but it's just a financial concern and when we have rockets that are reusable in this fashion that can be safely landed uh far away from a a populous area then we start cutting down costs we start making things more financially viable um, and if if you see a, a new space station ever plan to get built, you're going to see it using these kinds of uh, reusable technologies.
1: Yeah, it's cool.
0: It was amazing to watch. I I definitely uh, I definitely watched the the video. I didn't realize it was going to be live when it was run, so I had to watch it afterwards. But uh, really fantastic to see triumphs of technology like that.
1: Yeah, we we live in the future. It's cool.
0: Yeah and And the feed that we were watching was just focusing on this this relanding functionality, not to mention the fact that we did deliver a payload to the international Space Station when we launched the rocket. you know
1: oh I didn't know but, that <laughs> yeah I, I thought I thought the rocket had just taken off and come back and landed
0: no no it, the the rocket was launching the dragon capsule, so this was the third time that the dragon or sorry the fifth time that that dragon capsule was reused in this way, and this was the first example of the reusable rocket in this way. So many components went up and came back separately as reusable devices.
1: Wow, that is super cool. All right. Well, I think we've come to a good spot to end here.
0: We've we've lost another another large chunk of time for our many listeners.
1: Yeah. Not to mention ourselves and myself. I end up listening to the podcast like four or five times by the time I'm done editing it and I listen to it on the device to make sure the stream worked and all that. So, yeah, I'm so looking forward to listening to this show over and over and over again.
0: I like to leave little memorable moments in there that you'll only catch on the on the fourth listening. I'm I'm the George Lucas of podcasting. <laughs>
1: Well, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly.
0: We want yes, thank you and apologize. Thanks for listening. We're sorry.
1: That's just going to be our ending. <laughs> we're just that's... going to start saying we're sorry. Like that's going to be the bumper at the end.
0: Yeah, no, it's Tom's. It's Tom's nap time, so we've got to go
1: now. <laughs> all right, thank you all. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. You can also follow the host, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at Real And myself, Eric Van Johnson, on Twitter at Showcom. That's spelled Mm S-H-O-C-M. See you next week.